Hello, we're back. Season two, episode four of Around the Wire. And we're down a guy today, man. Chad is unfortunately unable to be with us today. So it's just the two of us, at least for the start, just get ready for our special guest coming up. But Justin, how you doing, man? Great. It's a great day. About to watch some great football the next two days. I'm excited. Oh, and uh, we get to talk, not saying Chad takes away the spotlight at all. I mean, I love Chad so much, but we have to talk even more now. You know, this is this is exciting, you know. So lots to get into this week. Um, everything from the NFL. We got divisional playoffs this weekend and our brownies. We'll get to them in a second. Are still in the playoffs. Uh, meanwhile, on the other spectrum of the NFL, we've got head coaches that are uh, getting hired and fired. It seems like your your boy Doug Peterson was kicked to the curb, town. kicked to the curb by the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, so now Philly needs a job. Um, so we'll get into that. Deshaun Watson is upset with the Houston Texans. He may want out, so the Houston Texans' job might be the worst job now available, especially if Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is not on the team for the start of the year. Uh, our Buckeyes, unfortunately, took a loss on Monday night, this pre- past Monday night against Alabama. But uh, in all fairness, I don't think anybody this year was going to beat Alabama at full strength. And we weren't at full strength, especially going into the game. But then at the start of the game, Trey Sermon goes out with injury. So it's, it was just an uphill battle to climb. And they were just outmatched, outcoached. And it happens. But the fact that we made it to the national title game, even though people th- d- didn't think uh, we belonged in the playoff from the start, I'll take that for a COVID year. Uh, and then the NBA, the league that you and I aren't exactly the biggest fans of, uh, huge trade this week. James Harden is now a Brooklyn net after he just threw his Houston teammates under the bus and, uh, the Cavs acquired a couple players from Brooklyn. We've got the young giant Jared Allen shot blocking machine. And then we've got a former first round pick Tareen Prince will be joining the Cavs. We had lost Dante Exum and I believe a second round pick, but that's, you know, Dante, honest, everybody in that trade, I think, got something valuable. I think that was pretty. I tell you what, the Houston Rockets got a lot of return for James Harden. They get Oladipo from Indiana. They get uh, what was it? Four first round picks, and then they have four swaps of first round picks with Brooklyn, along with I believe they acquired. Um, shoot, I I have the details. Give me a second here. I need to prepare better people. I'm sorry. Well, Indy got um, Karis LeVert. Yeah. Here's a full breakdown. So the Renettes received James Harden and a second-round pick from the Cavs. The Cavs got Jared Allen, Tareen Prince, like we said. The Pacers got Karis LeVert and a second-rounder from Houston. And then the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum. I'm going to screw up his name. Rodion's Kuruks. Chad would know how to say it. Chad's better at this than I am. Four first-round picks from Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and then four first-round pick swaps from Brooklyn. So they get a lot of return, and uh, it's a fresh start for Houston. But Oladipo's a solid basketball player. Nothing against him. So a lot to get into today. And then, of course, how could I forget about acknowledging that we have another huge special guest joining our show coming up here in the next about 15 to 20 minutes. For those of you who know Northeast Ohio Twitter, you would, especially sports Twitter, you would know who McNeil is. He is a popular, popular uh, Twitter Twitter personality. 
Uh, he will be joining our show to talk about everything from the Browns to head coaches to all kinds of good stuff. So we're really excited to have him on the show here at around four o'clock. Um, so let's get started until then. And we'll get into what do you want to talk about, Justin? Well, uh, first, I want to mention that the Rockets are now the first team all ACL with Boogie and uh, Oladipo. Ooh, John Wall. John Wall. Exactly. Oh. Dante Exxon, I think, had a knee issue. Seems I don't know like if it was ACL, but he had he was dealing with a knee injury. He didn't even play all year yet. Uh, I like Dante Exxon, though. He's a bigger, kind of lengthy guard. Not the greatest shooter, but can play defense. But uh, we're getting kind of guard heavy in Cleveland, so fortunate guy had to go. But uh, but yeah, let, let, let's uh, well, we'll save some of the Browns talk for later. So let's talk a little about the Cavs. They picked up a win last night against the New York Knicks, a team that had beat them previously. Um, one oh, was it 107, 104, 106, 103? 106, Cavs beat the Knicks shorthanded. The Cavs were they were without Sexton, Garland, Kevin Love. I obviously still on the shelf. Kevin Porter Jr. trying to get back into action. I think he'll be back for next Wednesday. Um, and of course, the two guys that we acquired in that trade did not play for us last night, so we were very shorthanded. But a guy stepped up, and I tell you what, the man who stepped up the most, Andre. Drummond, that man, I tell you what, I don't think he gets enough recognition because he's played for a bad Pistons team, and now he's come to Cleveland and in the post-LeBron era. Andre Drummond might be arguably the best center in the NBA. I don't know what you think, but. Um, man, he's a, he's a great rebounder. I mean, he, his stats last night, let me just clarify. Last night, he had 33 points and 23 rebounds. And granted, he wasn't playing against, uh, you know, the cream of the crop of the NBA. I mean, the Knicks have lost five straight now after Stephen A. jinxed him and saying, oh, man, you know, the Knicks are, are great. No, stop. Uh, I mean, also for the Cavs, Chetty Osmond at 25 points, five of nine from three. Larry Nance at 14, nine and five. Damian Dotson with 13. Okoro, the rookie, at 13 as well. Yep. And then off the bench, how about? They don't even pull up the guy's name. Last name is Stevens. Do you know his first name? Oh, man. I'm clicking on his name right now. Lamar. Lamar Stevens. The only Lamar that I kind of like right now. Um, uh, he Lamar? had six points, five rebounds, four assists. JaVale McGee chipped in that clutch two points. And Dean Wade uh, struggled last night, but that's okay. He only played a minute, so I guess I won't get the hard on him. But um, – so really, they only used seven guys. Dean Wade yeah. played for a minute. Look at those minutes, though. It's all in the 40s for the starters. Yeah. Nance Jr., 44 minutes. Okoro, the rookie, 41 minutes. That is a lot of lot of playing time for a young guy. But it may be good for him, you know, get some of the mistakes out of the way his rookie year. But he plays defense. Yeah. The guy plays and defense. Any, anytime we can get some offensive production out of a guy that's a great defender, we're doing something good. Yeah. So the Cavs now are six and seven, seventh seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. We'd be in the playoffs. And uh, they will unfortunately not be in action until next Wednesday due to their two games against the Wizards being postponed because of a COVID outbreak in the nation's capital. What's going what else is going on in the nation's capital? Okay. We've had so much go on. I mean good Lord. Next thing you know the Wizards can't play. So now next Wednesday we will be hosting the Brooklyn Nets. And that may be the well maybe not the debut of James Harden, but uh We'll get our first chance uh, to see 
Kevin Durant, James Harden, maybe if Kyrie Irving ever decides he wants to play basketball again. He, uh, he might still be Zooming uh, a Zoom call to that game. Or going to a family party without a mask on, but hey. He turned down, I, I saw the stat. He, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show. By the way, shout out Pat McAfee. I've become an avid listener, love the show. Um, the Kyrie Irving, the, he turned down because he didn't play $867,500. I wish that's I could like, ever, I wish I could get to that spot in life where I could just, without hesitation, just say. This is a oh. drop in the bucket. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, just anything else on those Cavs? I mean, the Cavs are, they're kind of fun to watch, believe it or not. I know they're not the greatest team in the world and they don't have star, star players. I like Andre Drummond, though. I think he is a star center, but they're, they're gritty. They, yeah. they remind me of those 2012 Grizzlies. Yeah, well, I was going to say, this reminds me of uh, a couple of years after LeBron left, and it was just Kyrie's team, and they were they were just kind of fun to watch. You knew you had a young guy that was going to be really good, and that's what we're, we're hoping to find right now. Which, are these young guys going to be good going forward that we can build around or not? But, you know, so far they're moving the ball around. They got some pretty good big men that I like watching, and, uh, yeah, they're kind of fun to watch, I will say. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, and look, it's still early. Things can happen. But if he keeps this kind of production up, if the Cavs want to maintain some sort of relevancy, why not make Drummond the future? Try and trade Kevin Love? Because you know sooner or later he's going to be gone. Make Drummond the centerpiece. And you build around him with those young guys. How old is he? Drummond? Yeah. Uh, Good question. Let me see here. Andre Drummond. Uh... He was. This is his eighth year. Gotcha. He was born in '93, so that would make him about 27 or he's 27. All right. Yeah. So he's yeah. probably about in the prime of his career, I would say. Yeah. And uh, you know he's averaging. Well, I saw the stat yesterday. He's averaging a 20 and 20 the past five games, but on the season he's averaging 19 and almost 16 rebounds. I mean that's that's pretty good for a big man. Absolutely. And you know, you build around him. You got got some guys like Larry Nance who can be a, just a, do a little bit of everything for you, man. And Sexton and Garland, if they continue to improve, Okoro at the three, he'll continue to improve. Chetty off the bench. I tell you what, they got some building blocks there. Well, remember we used to talk about Drummond's poor free throw shooting when he was in Detroit last mm-hmm. night. He shot free throws pretty well. Yeah, he, I, I he last night was thirteen of nineteen from the free throw line. Yeah, I'll take that. And I remember the time when the Cavs played the Pistons in our – well, I think it was our championship run. We had to play the Pistons opening round, and they the Cavs resorted prior to the rule being implemented, the hack drumming and just right. sent him to the line. And he was below 40% three, uh, free throw shooter. And uh, he's really taken steps in his career, not just this year, but in general. I think since that season, he's taken a lot of steps to improve his free throw shooting and makes him even more valuable. Yeah. So. Kind of like when uh, Tristan figured out he was just shooting him with the wrong hand. Right. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how it took him. Sometimes. Yeah. He didn't realize he was shooting with the wrong hand, but um, I'm glad he figured that out, I guess. I, I don't know. I just, I'm amazed that somebody doesn't know how to shoot with the right hand and you're in the NBA. But, oh, well. Um, anything else on those calves, Justin? Anything at all? No, I think I've said my piece with them. Sure. 
And we can always ask uh, Chris a question when he gets on here about those calves, because I guarantee you he's probably keeping at least an eye on them. Um, so before we'll, we'll keep the, a lot of the NFL talk to a little bit later, let's talk a little bit about Ohio State. They took a loss against Alabama, 52-24. It was close in the first quarter. It was kind of back and forth. You know, both offenses made their plays. And then Alabama decided that they wanted to win a national championship. And uh, Sean Wade was put in a toaster by Devontae Smith, who I tweeted out. I, I've seen a lot of good receivers in, the, in college football, but I can't remember watching a guy just over the course of a season dominate college football like him. Just every week, it's just 13 catches, 200 yards, two or three touchdowns. Well, and we really saw him shine after Waddle went down, and he kind of became even more of the focal point, and then he was just dominant. Yeah. It's going to make things interesting in the NFL draft coming up. Yeah. Because you look at a team like, let's say the Jets, because I think it's, we can all kind of assume that the Jaguars are going to go with Trevor Lawrence at one. Even with Urban Meyer, it, it doesn't make a difference who the best player in the draft is, right. in my opinion. As much as Urban Meyer is an Ohio State guy, He's going to take the best. He's not an Ohio State coach anymore. He's an NFL coach. He's going to take the right guy. And I think a lot of people think, I think he he said himself on one of those pregame shows that. He said uh, it like uh, almost a year ago. Right. That he'd take Trevor over Justin. So it looks like Trevor Lawrence will be the quarterback of the Jaguars. And we'll see what they do in free agency. They have the most cap space out of any team the Jaguars do. Um, So then you're looking at a guy. I mean, Urban Meyer, I, I'd want to go play for Urban Meyer if I was a free agent. I don't care where he's at. Where's JT Barrett at? So they sign yeah. him up. I mean, they, they'll, they'll go get Michael Thomas. They'll go get the Zico Elias, the Bosa brothers. We'll just rebuild Ohio State of Jacksonville. Rebuild that championship team. Maybe, hey, in all seriousness, maybe let's say they draft Trevor Lawrence. What if they went out and signed Dwayne Haskins and gave him another shot? Never know. Good to see that. It's not out of the equation. Didn't Dwayne Haskins? He was coached by Urban Meyer. Well, he was recruited by Urban Meyer. He I don't know if he exactly played, started for Urban Meyer. He he started really in Ryan Day's first year. Right? Or am I saying that right? Did he? How many does has Day done three years? No, I take that back. Justin Fields was Ryan's first That's real coach. Yeah, I take that back. Because Ryan Day, Haskins, like his full year. Ryan Day coached the first four games because of right. Urban's. Was it a? Well, I don't know. I want to say it's suspension. Something happened. Wasn't I forget. It self-imposed. Something like that. Urban wasn't coaching. That coach that um, had the off-the-field issue. Exactly. That's what it was. And so Urban wasn't coaching for those first few games. So it was Ryan, but it really it was Urban season because I remember Dwayne beat Michigan by 23 the year that Michigan thought they had the greatest team ever, and then they come to Columbus and get smoked by the Buckeyes. <laughs> well, and he came in the year before as in uh, relief for JT when he went down. That's right. Beat, beat Michigan on the road. That's right. So you never know. You know, a guy like if there was a guy to turn around Dwayne Haskins, maybe it's a guy like Urban Meyer, a guy who coached him in college, understands his them. his background, his family. And, and how he plays, maybe they can do something for him. But I don't think he'd be the starter. I think they'd make Trevor the guy. Uh, but then we're going off topic. Speaking of Devontae Smith, then you look at a team like the Jets, who do you keep Sam Darnold? No. Do you take Justin Fields? Yes. Do you take Zach Wilson? Maybe. But I was going to say, because let's say in the, the scenario where the Jets, they say Sam Darnold's our guy. We're going to give it one more shot because we're just not comfortable with one of those other quarterbacks. 
Would you draft Devontae Smith and make him with uh, uh, what's Jamison Crowder, the outsider, whoever, maybe they pick up somebody in free agency, but give him, give Sam Darnold a number one target like Devontae? Or, man, I think you got to go quarterback. Or do you take offensive line? And on the other side of the line, you take that guy from Oregon, Penny Sewell. If you do, then that's going to put the Bengals in a tough spot because there's not any linemen that are jumping off the, the board like that because Sewell is the number one tackle. But well, then I could see the Bengals taking Devontae if that would end up because I don't expect A.J. Green to be back with Cincinnati. So then you'd be left with Tyler Boyd. And, you know, they have T. Higgins, who's had a nice had a nice year, but they could use another big-time guy like at that receiver position. You give Joe Burrow, Devontae Smith. Woo. And run the ball. I like Joe Mixon as a running back. He's good when yeah. he's on the field. But their offensive line is terrible. Oof. If they don't, they, if they don't, they, uh, they need to do some serious addressing in that line, or else Burrow's not going to last in the league. Either in free agency, or if uh, Sewell falls to them, or some other exactly. guys. Well, our special guest has arrived. How's it going, guys? Doing well. How about you, sir? Good. Good. Happy to be here. Happy divisional playoff weekend day thingamajig, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, playoff eve here. Playoff Eve. playoff Eve. Yes. Think of you beauty, appreciate... right? Yes. Think of beauty. It's going to be nice weather in Kansas City. It's going to be a perfect day to run the ball and upset the defending champs. That's what I think. I like the way you talk. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those listeners, uh, this is Chris McNeil. He's, the, of course, the iconic McNeil Twitter handle for Northeast Ohio sports fans. He is the organizer of the infamous 0-16 Browns Parade. Uh, he's also the host of the Big Play Reflog Show. Um, and I just got to ask you, uh, I'll just start off some of the questions I have for you. How are you. What do you think about the matchup against Kansas City? Because some people can look at it on paper and say, oh, the Browns don't have a shot. But after last week, I'm saying to myself, this team, if they play like that every week, they can compete with anybody and even win a championship. I can't believe I'm saying that. But uh, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, I think I'm with you. As far as on paper goes, this isn't one of those matchups where you look at it and go, boy, I really like the Browns' chances in this one. But you got to think about the momentum that we've got right now, right? I mean, the Browns haven't made the playoffs for years. You know, made it once since we've been back, and we had that unfortunate drop by Dennis Northcutt. And and you look at the momentum. This team, despite not having their coach last week, not having key players, were able to upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in their house. They, this isn't a team that was just happy to be there in the playoffs. This is a team that clearly thinks that this is their rightful spot and they're playing to win. And that's, you know, everybody says that they played to win, but then you look at their actual performance on the field and you say, man, these Browns are hungry are really hungry. They don't know that they shouldn't be here. Uh, They think that this is their rightful spot. And I think they're going to go into Kansas city with that same exact mentality. You're getting back your head coach. You're getting back some key pieces. So sure on paper, you say, boy, Patrick Mahomes, boy, he's going to run an offense that is just going to be able to slaughter this, this Cleveland Browns defense based upon what we've seen. But then you actually watch the Browns performance from last week. You see what's going on. You say, 
you know, we're getting Denzel Ward back. We like some of the pieces we've got, you know, maybe Miles Garrett, another week removed. Now another week of kind of healing from the COVID issues he's gone through. Maybe he comes up big. Maybe we continue to have these timely turnovers that we've been getting. If all these things happen, which now I'm optimistic may happen, uh, then the Browns, the Browns have a shot. The Browns legitimately have a shot. And I never expected that I'd be sitting here saying that in January that we have a shot against Kansas City, who I think is the premier team in the AFC. Um, and, and I like our chances. I like our chances. And I feel really good about that. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm a, a better, I see the line right now. Kansas City is favored by 10, according yeah. to the Vegas, uh, the Caesar Sportsbook. And I'm thinking to myself, the way the Browns played last week, you're telling me that Kansas City is just going to go in there and just spank them and over by over 10 points. If I'm a better, I'm going to take the Browns and the points. And I'm going to say the Browns are going to make it a four quarter game. And I think I honestly, I legitimately think with the way that the Browns have been able to run the football when they commit to it, there are some games where I've watched them and they say, Oh, you know, th that's the time they need to really run and use that clock and, and grind away. But when they commit to running the football, they have the best running back duo in the league. And it's not like Kansas city's defense is, you know, the 80, 85 bears. I mean, they are susceptible to some, to the run, right. especially. And so in the way Baker Mayfield's playing red hot, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's be honest. The chiefs have not blown out very many teams in the, the, certainly the back half of the season, the last great game that they played was the first three quarters of Tampa Bay quite a few weeks ago. And they've just been scraping by Mahomes has not looked like himself in some of these games. So yeah, definitely got a shot. Absolutely. And I think, that that's kind of the conventional thinking, right? Is if the Browns can go out and run the ball. And sometimes we get frustrated when Stefanski and crew come out and aren't necessarily doing that. But then you look back to last week and you say, okay, do we run the ball? Sure. We ran the ball, but how many yards did Nick Chubb end up with? Right? So it, it was a consistent force and that's good. But ultimately for this team to win, we've got to have timely turnovers. I mean, we've got to have a defense that's able to turn over a team. It, it reminds me, and I've said this several times, it reminds me of the Bears back years ago when they played the Colts in the Super Bowl. They had sexy Rexy Grossman as their quarterback at that time. And, and that wasn't a team that was fantastic on either side of the ball. They were good defensively, and then they were very timely with turnovers. And a team like the Cleveland Browns seems to fit that mold. If we're going to go anywhere, not only do we have to run the ball, but we have to be able to turn this team over. We got to get Patrick Mahomes to make some mistakes. We got to have some guys who aren't able to do whatever they want to with the football on offense from Kansas city. Uh, we've got to, we've got to be able to throw them off their game. And I, I think just running the ball isn't enough that we've got to have that defensive effort and, and we've got to be creative too. We've got to use that run to be able to set up some of the Jarvis Landry stuff that we've seen before. Obviously you're going to see Hooper be continue to be the safety valve. I think continually for Baker, which is good. Um, but we're, we're, I think we're going to see some more of those wrinkles come out now from Kevin Stefanski. So that's something that I'm pretty eagerly looking forward to tomorrow. Now, let me ask you this, um, or Justin, do you have a question before I'd ask mine? I don't want to hog no, up your question. Um, is there a player on either side of the ball or any phase rather um, that maybe isn't one of the big names, like isn't a Nick Chubb, isn't a Baker Mayfield that you think could be the X factor in the difference maker in this game coming up? You know, I, I don't know in terms of big names where this guy would rank, but he's somebody I have really gone to bat for 
many, many times, and he has let me down, quite honestly. Um, but Mac Wilson is a guy, if he could do something in this game, I think that would be absolutely huge. We've seen Taki Taki make some plays. Um, I would really like to see Mac Wilson step up and have a kind of breakout game. You go, whoa, where the heck was this all year? Because that's not something I think coming into this game, anybody is planning on seeing a whole lot of Mac Wilson. And if he could do something in this game, if he can really provide a spark at that second level for this defense, I think that would be huge. My opinion, an X factor, and you're not wrong there because you would look at the linebacker play we've had this year. You know, outside of BJ Goodson and, and an up and coming Jacob Phillips, we really haven't had consistent quality linebacker play. So it's time for a guy like Mac. And you're putting or, it kindly. You're putting right. it kindly, quite yeah. honestly. You know, right? like if it wasn't for Goodson, I mean, thank God we got his veteran presence on this this linebacking core. Because outside of that, it has been hit and miss from that core. And we're going to need them to show up at the second level. Not kidding. Not kidding. But I would say this. I think this is a game that you, you talk about the weapons that Baker throws to. And Hooper and Landry, they've been huge and clutched down the stretch. Right. But this, to me, feels like a game that even if it's not to remain on the team, but if this guy wants to make a statement to the league for David Njoku to go out and just have a career game, he is such a physically, he's a physical freak. He is so big. He's so strong, so quick, but it just seems like he just has these mental lapses and he hasn't been able to have that breakout game yet with the Browns. And what a better time than to add another dimension to the offense. That's already been playing tremendously the past six weeks really all season but the past six weeks um a guy like him that could go in and just disrupt that back end of that secondary creating mismatches between some of these corners because let's just be honest kansas city secondary they're they don't other than tyron matthew they don't have a big name star like some of these other teams in the playoffs and so if you could get a, another guy out there who can just win one-on-one -on -one, back at back shoulder fades in the around the red zone a guy like that i think it'd be huge for the browns I'll tell you, I wish uh, Drew Rosenhaus had stayed away from him in the offseason. He, he's one of those guys who just off the field never seems to get it all together mentally so that he can perform on the field. I think he's always worried that he's not getting his and he's not getting respect and he's not getting money. And so he goes in the offseason and he gets Drew Rosenhaus. And, and I think that, that that spilled over onto the field because I'm with you. David Njoku has been one of those guys I've said since we've originally drafted him that, boy, this guy has got everything. He checks every single box. This is a guy who could play in this league at a very, very high level. He should be a pro bowler every year. He should be an all pro every year. And for some reason, he plays himself into places where he's not given the opportunity to. You know, we had to get Hooper in the offseason because he's been so inconsistent. So he's played himself behind that eight ball. And I'm with you. You know, Stefanski loves to have multiple tight ends get into the mix. We've seen that consistently this year. We saw it in Minnesota. And we would love, and I would love nothing more than to have Njoku go off big. Because if you're thrown to Njoku, it's a lower risk pass generally. And on top of that, he's going to be able to move with the ball. So I think your offense does a lot better if you've got guys like David Njoku making big plays for you. Justin, go ahead. Ask anything. Well, I, w I just wanted to point out, to your point last week, you were saying, you know, some of these guys are going to have a good game against the Steelers. And to your credit, Porter Gustin had a huge play in that game. And uh, I would still, 
man, for as much crap as we give Sandejo, I wish he could do something to come up big in this game. But, I was wondering uh, if he would come up when you yeah. bring him up. <laughs> We've just buried him nonstop this year. And so is everybody else, right? I, I mean, it would be so fitting for him to do kind of like he did in the Steelers game where he comes up like a, with a big interception or something to seal the deal on this thing. Uh, that would be a very Browns-esque way to, to put a, to put a, a bow on this thing. But uh, yeah, you know, it's been so frustrating. It's been maddening watching that guy all season. It really has. And hopefully he's going to need to play well. If he's out there, he's going to need to be playing well. We got everybody on the defense. There's no, no real superstars right now. I'd, I'd argue with Miles Garrett not playing up at 100%. Um, so everybody's going to have to chip in. Well, I think it's huge though, that we do get Denzel Ward back because we're going to, yeah. I, I, well, it's going to be easier said than done, but Tyree kill. I know he's not the biggest guy. He's not built like Devonte Adams, Deandre Hopkins, but man, talk about a track star on the football field. I mean, I can beat anyone. He just straight up, just, I'm going to beat you down the field. So we're going to need somebody like Denzel. He's going to have himself a, a huge, huge challenge tomorrow. But then after that, we're going to need he's somebody gonna have to play at a high level. I, you know, I'm not one of those that believes, Oh, Denzel Ward's back. Check the box. We're set. Right. Uh, no, we've seen Denzel be up and down just like everybody else on that defense. So he's going to have to be playing at the very top of his game. And that's, you know, after having time off, that's, that's a tall order. So Denzel better be coming ready to play tomorrow. And I did see though, that Denzel, he said in his uh, press conference that he was having symptoms kind of like how miles had he had a lot of the symptoms so let's just hope that he isn't miles you because that certainly concerns me when he when oh. i saw those comments and i'm like i'm thinking boy everybody was writing this off as when a player gets it it's like okay this is just you know going through the routine you're gonna have to take the time off and they get back and they're gonna be ready to go we saw with miles garrett and i think it's gonna come out later on that this really tore him up even worse than's come out at this point, I, I really do. You see a guy who's at the absolute top of his physical, um, you know, his physical well-being in his life get sidelined quite literally. And, and you know, uh, it, it's amazing to me um, to think of what it's done to him and his performance on the field and, 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 and everything. I hope he's okay long-term. I hope he doesn't have any long-term symptoms that continue to linger from this thing, because that's scary. That's scary for guys like me, who's 40 years old, who is nowhere near at the very top of my physical prowess out there. Should I happen to get it? I'm in deep trouble compared to a guy like that. So uh, yeah. And then you talk about Denzel Ward. I'm sure there's going to be things that come out afterwards of how bad this stuff is because in season, you don't want to really let your hand out there. So uh, hopefully these guys are going to be ready for Sunday. Hopefully their bodies cooperate because I really feel for guys in the middle of a pandemic having to go through something like that <laughs> not to mention Sandejo had it and he, if he was bad then imagine him after COVID <laughs> yeah. still feeling some effects yeah um so let me ask you this I know you're uh we'll transition just a little bit I know you're the biggest Browns fan probably in Northeast Ohio I, I see the shirt the I hat. wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that first of all but I, I'm I would like to say that I'm a huge Browns fan I'm a lifelong Browns fan but, but I'm also a fairly sarcastic Browns fan. I treat the Browns kind of like a member of the family, right? It, right. It's not like something that I, I live and die for the Cleveland Browns. It's like the Browns are there, and I am there every Sunday with them. And I'm either going to be loving them 
or I'm going to be hating them every Sunday. And that's exactly the way I treat my family. So I'd say the Browns are more family to me than me being the biggest fan in the world. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I've never thought about that. Well, all right. Um, let me ask you this. I, I don't know if you've been keeping up a whole lot with the Cavs, but obviously that big Little trade. Bit. We beat New York last night. Yeah. Yes. Andre Drummond like, played like Shaquille like O'Neal. Yeah, we got like 50 centers on the team. So Andre Drummond <laughs> said, hey, wait a second, wait a second. Remember, I'm still here. You guys got me last year. I'm going to show you guys some things tonight. So he had his little Jordan moment that he felt disrespected and he showed up against New York. So that was a that was a thing of beauty. I, you know, this is one of those Cavs teams, and we've seen it here in the last couple of years, that for Bickerstaff, they'll play. Right. I mean, they're, they're young and they're fiery and they'll play. And it doesn't matter who's out on the court, you know, whether you got Garland, whether you got Sexton, they, they're going to go out and play with whoever they brought that particular evening. And they're going to play pretty hard. They're not the greatest team in the world. They're going to get thumped by the really good teams. But I know that they're going to get give an honest effort every single night. And at this point in their development, that's about all you can ask for, in my opinion. And it's unfortunate, you know, when we talked to a few weeks ago, we had Andy Baskin on here and okay. we were talking, he, you know, for his show, they've just been talking nonstop about the Browns. It was their playoff push. Of course, fans were really, you know, fired up about trying to make the playoffs concern, all that business, but the Cavs kind of just get pushed to the side. And so it was a good chance for him to talk about the Cavs. And one of the things that he was saying was, um, you know, that this Cavs team, they can be a team that can maybe sneak into the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And um, I don't know what your thoughts. I mean, I know it's still early on. We made the trade and, or well, we were involved in the trade, get Jared Allen, another big foot on the team and Tareen Prince, former first round pick. But right. do you think this Cavs team with the roster they have now, and they get some of those other guys back like Porter Jr. And Della Vadova will finally hopefully make his debut. That's by the way, Justin's favorite player. But uh, yeah, what's you, up with him, Justin? Where's Delhi? I have no clue, honestly. Is he hurt or something? I think yeah, he's like he, an ankle or something. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And I, that's that's it. That's then there's been like no news on him, like yeah. at all. Like it's I understand like with the situation, and I understand the lack of news there, but I do not understand the Delhi situation. It's it's kind of going into that Najoku world where we lost Najoku last year for a few weeks. It's like what's going on? I don't know. It's kind of a similar thing with Delhi. I'm sure he's hurt. You know, he's he's a guy who's all fire and everything else. But it, it seems weird to me that we don't hear more about what's going on with Della Vadova. Good thing we didn't spend a first round pick on Delhi, but uh, uh, but anyway, do you think this Cavs team could make? I'm not going to say make a run in the playoffs, but do you think they could at least make the playoffs with the roster they have this year? Let me, let me answer that question with a question. Do you think it would be good for the Cavs to make the playoffs this year? That's always the question that I always wonder when you're in the NBA and you're one of those middle teams, right? And it's like, do I want to make the playoffs? Do I want to go into the lottery? Where are we at in our teams? Uh, you know, progression. So I, you know, I guess it would be fun to make the playoffs. Like you said, we've got no shot in the playoffs. So let's be realistic. Uh, or is it better to fall back in the lottery, take our chances? I, I know the lottery's changed over the years, but I, that, that there's always that back and forth with the NBA. You really need to have a star that's just, you know, a, a, a generational type of star to really win. We haven't seen anybody else win with the exception of what? 
Detroit back in the day. Um, I, I don't know. Everybody else has got like a transcendental star. And I don't know that we have anybody on that team on our team right now who would fit that mold. So um, sure. I mean, quick answer to see the Cavs in the playoffs. That would be fun. I would have fun with it. Right. But in terms of longer term, I don't know whether it's the best thing for us right now. Well, I mean, and I would say this, you know, the Miami Heat last year, I, I don't know how you would classify Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler, he's an all-star. He's a great player. Yeah. But in terms of him being this generational star, he's really, no. I don't think he is. He's not a Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron. He's not anything like I that. Agree. So, but it was Jimmy Butler and then a bunch of guys who were really solid role players. And then they had a, a little complimentary piece and bam, out of bio. But, you know, this Cavs, and you look at it, Drummond's the centerpiece. He's their best player. Mm -hmm. And then you have a bunch of young role players. Sexton's had a nice third year. Uh, he's actually playing almost like an all-star this season. Darius Garland's making improvements. Chetty Osmond's, he's either really hot or really cold. I was going to say, he's the most up and down. You either get bad Jetty or good Jetty. Yeah. And then if he'd ever get healthy again, Kevin Love could be a complimentary piece at this stage in his career, but I don't expect him to be on the team. He needs to be complimentary deadline. to some other team at this yeah, point. Yeah, you're not going to trade him, get whatever we can for him. I mean, love Kevin Love. Obviously, he brought us a championship, right? So I'm not saying that flippantly that we need to get rid of this guy. It's just it's time to see what, we, what kind of value we can get out of the guy. I mean, but uh, you just can't have a veteran like that sitting on our roster at this point. And we're paying that man $120 million and he's just not playing like that money anymore. And it's not, it's part of his injury. Poor but guy, like, see him run. He looks like a YMCA. Like <laughs> he looks like a dad out there, man. I feel <laughs> for the guy. I mean, he really does. And it's like, Oh boy. I, yeah. I don't know that he can help outside of veteran leadership on this team right now. And maybe we could get some value for him. I, I don't know. Maybe pick up, make a flyer with a draft pick somewhere or something. But yeah, I, I don't think Kevin Love really fits our long-term plan at this point. Yeah, we'll see though. They know they, they're going to be off for a couple games, Washington, because what else is going wrong in the nation's capital? They're dealing with a COVID issue in their locker room. So our next game's going to be Wednesday. We welcome the Brooklyn Nets to town. We get to get our shot at Kevin Durant and Harden and maybe Kyrie Irving if he ever decides he wants to play basketball again. But, How about uh, that situation? Pretty wild. I think we play them back to back too, don't we? Yeah, something that's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, we get like a week off as our mini All Star break for some so reason. We might get Zoom Kyrie one game and then Microsoft Teams Kyrie the next game. <laughs> there you go. WebEx Kyrie for a night or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Justin, go ahead. Ask anything. I I hope you don't mind, Chris. You hang around for a little bit. We'll just ask you a few more okay. things. We don't want to keep you waiting. I know there's probably Packers Rams in your time. TV getting ready to watch. I know. That's right. A little bit of other playoff action. Oh, yeah. Get to survey who the Browns will play in the Super Bowl, right? That's right. Yeah. You got to do advanced right. scouting on these things. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of, uh, go ahead, Justin. Ask anything. Uh, so going back to the Steelers a little bit, I don't know about you, but they're talking about Big Ben retiring. Maybe not. Um, I want him to come back because I don't think he'll be very good next year. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, it's the same thing as Harbaugh up there in Michigan. It's like stick around, <laughs> stay there. That's fine Please. with me. 
you're only bringing things down and that's exactly what Ben's going to do. And, and the beauty, the beauty thing about Ben is either way, he's going to take a cap hit. The Steelers is going to take a cap hit for him. So it's fantastic to see a guy go out that way and really drag the team down with them on the way out. Cause you know, Ben's not going to do anything charitable back toward the organization. Like a lot of guys would to help them out in that situation. So uh, I think it's fantastic. I think that, Steelers fans that are actually, you know, realistic about things have got to look at the team right now and say, we're in for some hard times. We are in for some hard times for several years before we're going to be able to turn this thing around because once they start losing, they're going to start looking at their head coach and they already are looking at their head coach Mike Tomlin and saying, I don't know if this is the guy anymore and they're going to get rid of him. They're not going to be able to find a quarterback right off the bat. So we in Cleveland are well aware of those two cycles of head coaches and quarterbacks. And now Pittsburgh is going to get a feel for it because I think they're going to start down both of those cycles. A lot of times it takes more than one time around. As we know, I know the Steelers have been very lucky in at head coach. They've only had a few in their entire existence. We'll see how that ends up, but most people don't remember at quarterback, the Bubby Brister years and the problems that the Steelers have had for years and years before Ben came around. So uh, as much as they think they could just flip a switch, turn things around there in Pittsburgh, I think that they're in for a long haul. I just found it amazing that in F because of one game, we made big Ben cry. Right. We caused Rainey Feekner his job, Marquise Pouncey to retire and Chase Claypool to become the most hated man in the city of Cleveland. Incredible. Well, Juju. Juju. We'll see if he's even a stealer after this season. You know, I, he may want to go and improve his TikTok dancing in New York or something like that. I, who knows? But, um, you know, I, I always love the fact the Browns are always ripped on and they say, why don't you be more like, look at, look at in your own division, how just, the Steelers, how they handled things and, and the kind of class they've got. And then the way that they melted down in this playoff was just fantastic. It was like a chef's kiss to see exactly what the Steelers had done as they have wide receivers running their mouths and their quarterbacks crying on the bench. I mean, this is fantastic when everyone has held them up as the model organization in the AFC North to see that kind of a meltdown was just fantastic. Fantastic. And I, and you know, it's just, it's, it's so satisfying because I, I've never seen the Browns team be able to dominate a Pittsburgh team like that in my whole life for 60 minutes. And uh, it was just so refreshing and, and we deserve, I don't care what anybody, I don't care what Juju, what Chase, what any Pittsburgh fan says, we deserve to be able to be a little arrogant for a little while. I mean, we have been the dumpster fire of the NFL for too long. It's our turn to be a little bit cocky and say, Hey, we're, we're one of the best teams in the AFC. It's our turn. Yeah. Yeah. So. Screw them. Anybody who's saying that just screw them. I mean, most, most people who have any kind of a perspective on football, on life, on anything, if they aren't a fan of like the Steelers or this week, Kansas city, they should be pulling for the Cleveland Browns. Right. <laughs> I mean, we are the ultimate underdogs. We are underdogs in a city that absolutely loves football more than anything else. 
I, and I tell this, you know, everybody's like, well, you, you had a Cavs championship a few years ago. Yeah, that's great. I'm not trading away a Cavs victory. You know, you had the Indians in the World Series. Yeah, that's great. We have had some success in other sports. You don't understand the passion in Cleveland for football is so much higher than what it is for those other sports. So to have a team that has been this bad for this long and before that be totally gone for a few years – and then to have that team in the playoffs get a little bit of success, yeah, it's okay if we walk around with our chest out a little bit right now. Right. I, the Cleveland Browns are back. We're building something. And unlike the other time that we were, we were in the playoffs and we played the Steelers and ultimately lost to them, that was a team that wasn't really building. You could tell that what the Browns have right now is building towards something. And that's the kind of hope that is great to see around this town again. So, Justin, do you have anything else to ask? I'm going to ask him, like, one more thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask. Uh, it seems like whenever I'm watching a Browns game or something and uh, a notable play happens, I just go over to Twitter, and I see you've already made a meme about the previous play somehow. So <laughs> how, do you, how, do you get, how do you make your memes so quickly? Do you do all that? Are you just in tune with the short, game? Short answer, I have no life. How about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, some of the stuff I have – uh, kind of an idea of what I want to do because, you know, having watched as much Cleveland Browns football as I have over the years, you get an idea of the way the game is going to go. And you usually have a few things kind of queued up in your mind that like, Hey, this would work here. This would work there. And it's funny because a lot of times those things happen, <laughs> you know, you got to queued up and you say, Oh my gosh, that did happen. And, and then you're all set. Um, Sometimes there's just memes that are popular at the time and you have those kind of in your, in, in the back of your mind and you say, okay, if something happens here, I'll have that ready. And other times it's just me reacting very genuinely. And that, that, that happens more often than probably the other two where it's just like, holy crap, that just happened. That reminds me of this. Boom. I pull it up and I throw it out there. I don't know. That's kind of the way my mind works where everybody else's their first instant, their first instinct when something happens is to go find somebody, hug them, give them a high five. Or if it's a bad play, go grab another drink or, or go cry in their beer. My first instinct is like, Oh, I got a meme for this, you know, which I don't know what that says about me. I'm sure it's not very positive, but that's kind of the way that it happens. Well, I tell you what, I laugh after almost everything you post. I just, I just bust out laughing because I, I, I understand your sense of humor a lot. So, uh, being a relatable Cleveland fan, but just in general, I think it just, it, it's, it's very, a, you know, it's dry, sarcastic. sarcastic humor is hilarious. Yeah, it's dry, sarcastic. It's ironic a lot of times, and that's that's what I've grown up with. I mean, that's the way it is. When you treat the Cleveland Browns like they're a member of the family, you get it. Cause that's the way I treat my family. I treat the Browns the same way. And so that's what you see spill over onto Twitter. Right. And I got to say, in, uh, even in the, the times of, of COVID, my favorite meme of yours is the, uh, the Cavs uh, victory parade meme that you've rebranded oh, into some different COVID <laughs> memes. Those are hilarious. I got to say people either love those or absolutely hate those. Oh my God. I get more people. Well, Obviously, Some Twitter is real because last time I went to jail, the last time I put it up there, I was in Twitter jail for three days. They didn't quite see the humor in it, even though the local Cuyahoga County uh, voting board um, 
the board of elections down there, they actually liked the tweet when I made it about how everybody's floating downtown for election day and everything else. They liked it, but Twitter did not. And that got me three days in timeout. So uh, yeah, it, it's funny. It's so divisive. Just like the parade itself, like the Owen 16 parade was so divisive in Cleveland. Same thing is with that meme. It, that's become very cliche and people have very strong opinions about whether, whenever I put that out there. So sometimes I do, sometimes I don't when I take advantage of it, but, uh, I always have people asking for it. If there's any kind of an event that would draw any kind of people anywhere in the world somebody's going to be tweeting at me going, Hey, I heard that there's some, there's a huge gathering here. You got anything for that? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and some people like nationally around the country, like look at that and be like, is this for real? And they just don't like, get it. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's where it originally started was I had so many pundits and they were right wing pundits who, who put it up on their websites, uh, <laughs> who were very proud of it saying, look at how many people Trump had brought. And then of course the joke was on them because I marched got- to end COVID. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't want to keep you waiting too much longer. I know you're, you're a football fan when I get you to watch the game. So I'm going to do real quick. We're going to go through each game. You're going to give me a score prediction. All right. Oh, man. You guys are killing me here. Okay. I, I made Rams my Packers. before, so we'll see if these are going to be consistent with those. You want to score as well? If you want, unless you just want to do a team. It doesn't matter to just, me. Just do picks and then, like, if they cover or not. I do you have the spread? Yeah, give me the spread on the uh, game. Six, six and a half is the Rams – Packers Packers favored, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Give me the Packers and the Packers are going to cover. I, I agree. I agree. How about the, the, the night cap of tonight? This is my opinion, maybe the best game of the four uh, Ravens and bills bills favored by two. Yeah. So this is my upset special. I think the Ravens are going to win. I, I really I agree. Do. And that's, that's yeah. going with, my head more than my heart because I, w- I want to see the Bills win. I, I really want to see the Dude. Bills win. They are a fan base that's a lot like ours. You know, they supported the hell out of us when we didn't have a team here. You know, they 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 don't have a sense of style like us. They wear Zumba pants and they love to beat up. <laughs> they love to just kill it in, in pregame tailgates and and uh, kill their their tables and bust up tables. And I just totally get that whole thing. So I'm pulling for the bills, but I just have this weird feeling that the Ravens are going to win this ball game. Yeah. And talk about a, a, another franchise that's had to deal with a lot of torment. I mean, they had to de- go through the Tom Brady era and just be second fiddle to them all the time. That's right. Oh they yeah. Lost four Super Bowls in a row. Maybe yeah. They lost one. four Super Bowls in a row. I can't, first of all, I mean, we have the pain of never making the Super Bowl because of the drive and the fumble. But good lord, I mean, losing, going there and losing four straight times—that just, man. Now I, I'll I always remember with the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, the Clay Matthews of the Browns, picking off Jim Kelly to seal the deal back in the back in the late '80s in one of our playoff runs. So, that's uh, that's always a good time to think back to, and that was kind of a cold, snowy day at, at Municipal. So. Yeah, but those are good battles with us and the Bills back in the day. Jim Kelly versus Bernie Kosar. Uh, before we'll do the Browns last uh, tomorrow night, Brady versus Breeze for one last time. Bucks and Saints, I believe. What's the line on that, Justin? I don't exactly know. Uh, plus, oh, sorry, minus three Saints. Saints by three. It's going to be a little. That's a. That's going to be another close one. Um, I. I th- 
I think I'm going to take the Saints in that game, but that my confidence level is low on that one. I think it, there's a lot of momentum towards Tom Brady, and there always is, unfortunately. But I'm going to go Drew Brees in the the game that should be on the History Channel. Drew Brees and Tom Brady. I'm going to go Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, and I, I like that uh, the picture that Tom replied to him and the the old eighty year old man beard and Drew yeah. all wrinkly and uh, it made me laugh. Perfect. Made me think of you when I saw that. It's perfect. Uh, that was a that was a well done meme by whoever did it. Again. And then of course the last one, our brownies going to Arrowhead, taking on the defending champs, Chiefs favored by ten points. Do you think the Browns pull off the monumental upset? Yeah, I've been picking them all week. Why not? I mean, I'm not going to be the one to pick against the Browns now. I picked them against the Steelers. That worked out okay, so I'm not going to change it. Uh, that's purely a heart pick. My head says there's no way the Cleveland Browns can win this game. My heart says, you know what? We've got the momentum. Why not? There aren't going to be – I don't think there's going to be fans there at all. Um, from what I understand. And if there are, there aren't going to be many in a place like Arrowhead, which is traditionally very, very hard to play in, but without all the fans there, then it's not going to be nearly as hard. So I give our guys a fighting shot. And I think ultimately Parky's going to donk one in and we're going to end up winning. Yeah. How about that? He'll double doink one in instead of out. Double doink said, one in. Why not? I said last week, if it comes down to Cody Parky, we're going to lose this game. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I think any rational human being would agree with you on that. Hey, I, you know what? I've stuck by Cody Parkey's side all season long, even when he had the stretch where he was missing a lot of kicks. I I stuck by his side, and I think I still have faith in him if it comes down to a field goal to win it. You and his family, those are the only two people. Hey, you know, I'd rather, you know what? Because you know what that means? That means when he makes the kick, I'll have, I'll be so much happier, and I can be the one with my head, with my chest out. And say yes, I was right. Buy that or, authentic Cody Parkey jersey for next season. I'm, I'm going to buy. You know what? I have an old Johnny Manziel jersey that I type that I taped the Zell part, so it just says Man Number Two. I'm just going to redo the whole thing. I'll make it Cody Parkey and put Parkey in the back. Oh yeah, let's do it. We'll re-sign him, give him a three-year deal. Let's do it. Why not start spending that cap money on your kickers? Oh yeah. Right, no linebackers, no safeties, no corners. Wow. Kicker, kicker, franchise kicker. teams is important. Man. He, makes hey. it, he makes one kick in the playoffs. Lock him up long term. He's better than Craig uh, than Greg Joseph and uh, Austin Cyber. So, so I'd rather have him. He's better than Phil Dawson today. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Justin? No, not really. No. Well, then, Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us for this episode. Um, enjoy the football this weekend. Enjoy the Browns. Hopefully they can pull off the upset. And we're looking forward to seeing what what comes out next out of your Twitter page. I appreciate it, guys. This was a lot of fun. And go Browns. Go Browns. Take go care. Browns. Stay safe. Oh, I think the, I, I have faith in Cody Party. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you. Not as much as you. I'm not buying <laughs> hey, an authentic jersey. Hey, Cody can do it. I said last week in my score prediction that Cody Parkey would make a 40, what was it, 43 or 46, which I, because I've said it twice. 43 because that's the infamous one that he's not. Right. He's going to make a 43-yard field goal last week. Luckily, it didn't come down to that. But this week, maybe I'll say he makes it from 45. We'll keep it in the 40 range. Or he misses, and then we have a kind of Ray Finkel type situation. 
Ray Finkel. Ray Finkel. Uh, with him and uh, Case Keenum, then backup quarterback. Yeah, holder again. Of course, I, doesn't Gillen? Gillen does the holding, doesn't he? Yeah, except for yeah. when Gillen kicked and Case Keenum was the holder on that 60-yarder that didn't even come close. Oh, I forgot about that. Good the Jets, time. it barely made to the end zone. Good Gillen's time, leg's man. not been the same. He no, bomb no. Like and he's ago, a guy besides like, that, yeah. He's a guy I like. He's probably one of the few on the team you want to go out and have a beer with, like legitimately. Well, he literally found out he made the team at a bar and he bought people drinks because he made the team. I mean, what more Cleveland, how much more Cleveland can you get? You can't, you can't. you can't. That goes right up there with Joe Thomas being on the boat fishing when we drafted him. Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's the hall of fame right there of Cleveland. All right, guys. Yeah. See you. Go Browns. Yes. Thank go you. Browns. Take care. What a great guy. That was fun. Yeah. I agree with three of his four picks for this with this weekend. Well, I would take the Saints, or no, I would not take the Saints. I would take the Bucks because I do not go against Tom Brady. That's true. That is true. Um, Which one was I, yours? Real quick, let's do a little score prediction for each game. All right. So we'll set. Uh, by the way, listeners. I get ten dollars courtesy of Justin because I won two of the week, two of the games last week in our little you personal bet against a couple each other. of these. You, I was right about the Ravens, and then Chicago. You took the points, and then they scored the touchdown, and they just don't ran take off the field. <laughs> we should have mentioned that. That would have been funny. Oh, that would have been great. But no, that's awesome. Gave me five bucks because they didn't want to kick a field goal or an extra point or whatever. Oh, that's great. But anyway, the game probably just about kicked off, I'm going to assume. Uh, we'll start. Packers and Rams at Lambeau. It's cold. I don't know if it's snowing, but it's cold. It's Aaron Rodgers' time. Does Do the Packers beat the Rams? Yes, and they cover. The only thing um, for the Rams is they have that great defensive line, and they were able to run the ball. Cam Akers has been pretty good. But in the playoffs, great quarterbacks outdo a great defense, in my opinion, especially at Lambeau with Aaron Rodgers, so I'll take the Packers minus seven, six and a half, whatever. I agree. I think the Packers are going to win. Give me the Packers 34-20, 34-27. Give me the seven-point win. Uh, uh, give me 28-17. I, I think the Rams, Goff has another week to get healthy, a little bit more comfortable. I think he has a better day. And I think they can run the ball okay. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. The man's a beast. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'll take Aaron. Give me a touchdown win for the Packers. Sunday night, and then Saturday night football, I should say. Saturday night football. Ravens, Bills, I think the best game out of the four. Who do you got? Man, I've liked the Bills all year long, but this is not a good matchup for them, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Even in cold weather, I know Lamar has never played in cold weather, and Josh Allen has coming from – Wyoming, I just think uh, running the ball and defense are so important in the playoffs, and we know the Ravens can run the ball, and especially against um, the D-line for Buffalo, I don't think it's that good outside of um, that guy they took from Houston, Ed Oliver. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Ravens to cover, too. I agree, and I, and I think my score for this game, this may sound a little crazy, and, and again, I'm, I'm just like Chris. I want the Bills to win. I want to see them have success. If the Browns would get knocked out, I want to see Buffalo win the Super Bowl. But I think Baltimore is red hot. 
they they are playing like the 14 and two Baltimore team from last year. I think they're better defensively. I'm going 31 to 20. I think the Ravens are going to beat the Bills by 11. I'll go 31 28. Okay, but I, I just think the Ravens are going to be in control. Josh Allen, I think, is just going to have a tough day, and I think I think the Ravens are going to have themselves a good day. Um, Bucks and Saints, Brady and Breeze, score. It's a fascinating matchup. Man, I don't know what's going to happen. I think Bucks' defense is kind of suspect, so I think it'll be high scoring if the Bucks win. I'll say thirty-eight to thirty-five, Bucks. Wow, high scoring. I have a little bit lower scoring. I, I agree. I think Tampa Bay's going to win. I don't see how Brady loses to the same team three year or three games in a row in the same year. Give me the Bucks twenty-seven to twenty-three over the Saints. It'll be a good game, but I think Brady is going to pull it out, and they're going to play Aaron Rodgers for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And then the game: Pat Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield, the defending champs versus the underdogs, America's team is going to Kansas City, not the Dallas Cowboys. America's team is going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Who do you like, Kansas City or our brands? <laughs> I'm telling you what, I mean, the line is very aggressive at minus 10 for the Chiefs. I think um, they won't, the Chiefs won't cover if they win, but I do like the Browns to win. I just think we'll be able to, not only everyone's saying the keys, run the ball, whatever, but like Chris said, you have to not only do that, but you have to steal possessions from Pat Mahomes. So I think we'll be able to do that. I think I still think it'll be a shootout because both defenses aren't that good, let's be honest. Um, so I will say, man, 40, 45 to 42. Yeah. Browns. I was going to, I have the same, yeah, the Browns, yeah, Cody, Pat McAvee, um, B R A H N S. Uh, I agree. I think the first team to 40 wins. I'm going to go 42 to 38, the Cleveland Browns. And you know what the, the big play of the game is? It's not Nick Chubb with a touchdown. And I mean, they're always big plays when he runs. I mean, I love them. It's not a defense graded turnover. Get ready for this. I'm calling my shot this week. I was right last week when I said somebody, not a big name, is going to make some plays. And I was not just right. I was right five times. <laughs> so the only talky talky, Porter Gusted, MJ Stewart, Sheldrick Redwine, and Carl Joseph recover a fumble. Five non big names make plays. This week, it's not going to be the defense who makes the big play. It's special teams, and it's not Cody Parkey. You know who's going to make the big play? De'Ernest Johnson's going to return a kick just like Josh Cribbs did a few years. I forget what year that was. De'Ernest Johnson gets his first kickoff return for a touchdown in the third quarter to open the third quarter because we're going to win the toss and defer to the second half. We're going to get a special teams touchdown from De'Ernest Johnson to put us up by 10 to keep us with a – it's going to be a close game. We're going to get up by 10 points, and we're going to beat the Chiefs at their stadium. So potentially your prediction could be wrong upon the coin toss. I, I'm calling it. The Browns win the coin toss, and they're going to defer. They're, they're going to send the defense out. They're going to get Mahomes the ball first. I'm calling it. Okay. By the way, Cribs, two touchdown returns in that one game. Incredible. Well, that'd be amazing if Dearness did that, but I'll just say one. Dearness is going to get one. Got to give that guy some love. So, I'm excited. And speaking, speaking of Pat McAfee, real quick, if those of you who have never listened to Aaron Rodgers, 
Have you ever noticed that Aaron Rodgers and Kevin Stefanski have the same exact voice? <laughs> if you don't know that, Justin, or if anybody, look up a video of Aaron Rodgers talking and look up a video of Kevin Stefanski talking. It's the same person speaking. If you just if you're just listening to like a podcast person, it's the same same person. It's incredible. Just wanted to throw that out there. Both genius offensive masterminds. That's true. It. Very true. I mean, Aaron's pretty much an offensive coordinator when he's out there. Both are going to win an award this year, I believe. I have to agree. You know, I was I said Russell Wilson at the beginning of the season, so but obviously that train kind of went off the rails. So I agree. I, I think Pat Mahomes is going to be like the next Tom Brady in terms of his conversation. He'll be every year kind of that guy in the MVP discussion, discussion but Aaron Rodgers is playing at a whole different level than I thought he could even take it. So, yeah, I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers now is the favorite. And Zavansky, I don't know who else deserves it. Yeah, I mean the only like other prefer, one would be Ron I mean, Rivera, right? Yeah, Ron Rivera, he's a good feel-good story, but I mean the Brown, he the Browns literally have turned around their culture. Washington, they went six and ten, or seven and nine, one of the two. They they didn't have a five hundred record. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm so happy that Ron, you know, he beat cancer. I'm not denying any of that, but in terms of well changing a culture and bringing stability, Kevin Stefanski is the winner. Well, they got their quarterback now. They got that Heineken boy. Heineken, yeah, it's true. Taylor Heineke is going to be a starting quarterback in this league. Okay. Hey, maybe the Steelers next guy. You never know. They, they could use some it. money at him. They could, you know, what they could do. They could maybe bring Big Ben back. See if they can get him on a cheaper deal. I don't know how that would work. But then you know how like the Saints have Taysom Hill. The Steelers just have Taylor Heineke. You could do right. something like that. Well, on a serious note. With Big Ben's cap hit, twenty-four million or twenty-six million is guaranteed, no matter if he comes back or not. They're going to lose one of those free agents. Oh yeah, someone like a Juju or Dupree. a Bud Dupree. Yeah, they're going to have to. T.J. Watt's going to want his money coming up. Yeah, uh, they need a running back too. They really do. They might draft I mean, a running back. James Conner is just not that good of a running back. He's a good story. Him. Yeah, but he's just not that good. They could draft Najee Harris. Good. Trey Sermon in the late rounds could be a steal. Fourth, Mac Jones, maybe in the first round. Good. I don't know how to we'll talk about that probably in another episode, but I'm, I'm not sure about, about Mac Jones. Mock draft. I, I made a mock draft, but it, it changes every day, but depending on who gets hurt, or Depends, yeah, how, hired. Who gets hired, combine, all that kind of business. A free agency, how that kind of plays out. It I will be watching the combine if they have it. There they might not have it. I don't know how that's gonna work. Because they were able to squeeze in the combine before COVID really hit. Right. So I don't know if they'll just have like videos, like live videos from a, their own personal facility. I don't know what's going to happen. Or they could just split up positions by day or something. Limit the yeah, amount. I don't, of I don't know how that's going to work. Don't know. But we'll see. But you know what the good news is? I can finally wait till like 1130 at night to watch who the Browns take with their first first round pick. So unless they trade up, but I'd be shocked if they did. Or they could trade and maybe get a good player out of it. Think about it. Last year, Colts traded the 27 for DeForest Buckner. That's true. Yeah, go get yourself a guy like, uh, trying to think of like a, a team that has a stacked linebacker core. Go get a guy like a like a Benardrick McKinney from the Texans. You know what I mean? I mean, they're cleaning shop anyway, right? Oh, yeah. And speaking of the Texans, uh, maybe another day, I wonder where J.J. Watt's going to go. 
Yeah. JJ Watt, could he join his brothers in Pittsburgh? Maybe. Could he go to Green Bay, get a hometown discount? Uh, hmm. Could he go to the Chargers? Be that complimentary with Joey Boza. That'd be something. Then you're looking well, at they, the Chargers. They got Ingram too, right? Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, I think I saw the report. Brian Dable, Buffalo offense coordinator, he's the lead candidate to be their next coach. Right. They're a head coach away. Yeah, how do you not want away. that job? They got their quarterback. They got. Some they have Herbert. They have Eckler when he comes back. Keenan they Allen. have Keenan on Keenan Allen on the outside. Mike Williams when he's healthy, he's a solid two guy. Two Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, a solid offensive line. Your defense, you got Boza, you've got Ingram, you've got Derwin James when he can finally get on Casey the Hayward. Casey Hayward. That team's good. Yeah, they're a good team. Talk about a team that could fight with Mahomes in the AFC yeah. West. You know, new stadiums that are not playing in the soccer stadium anymore. Yeah. I don't know about the Raiders. Raiders might be dead with the Broncos. Well, they, they gave John Gruden $100 million. That, that's just well. insane. And then you got John Elway fires himself, but then hires himself to a higher position. Well, at least he's not like he'll be involved in football moves, but they're going to let somebody else take the fall. Take they actually they hired a GM, George Payton from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, they'll just fire him when he does something wrong. Even (laughs) Elway. Quick overview for people that don't know already: Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Jaguars. Robert Sala is head coach of the Jets. Uh, Arthur Smith got the job yesterday with the Atlanta Falcons. And the reports are now that uh, Brian Dable will be the head coach of the Chargers after the season. And Dan Campbell, if you listen to, I, I know I'm, I'm going it's on hilarious. a rant. I know what you're Pat talking McAfee, about. <laughs> the Dan Campbell yesterday, and the guy goes, well, the, the report is, is that Dan Campbell's the lead candidate for the Lions. Up, oh, you know, <laughs> up, down, hit, hit, you know, doing. Him, up, and, him and Chris Spielman are going to be doing Oklahoma drills. Oh, Zoom man. Meetings. I I'd, I'd want to go play for the Detroit Lions with if that's the combo up there, man. Well, also, congrats on AJ Hawk. He's going to be joining Urban Meyer down there. Is he really? No, Pat's just making up rumors about that because oh, he knows yeah. him. He always asks for breaking news every single episode. Yeah. Hey, hey, AJ, you got any breaking news down there? <laughs> Duval. But seriously, uh, AJ did say if he gets offered like a linebacker coach assistant job, he would gladly go down there. Yeah. And I'm going to say this out loud, people. I know this is – I'm just speaking of a famous linebacker. Clay Matthews deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Get him into the Hall of Fame. Whoever votes for that, get him in there. He's a finalist. finalist. I know he's a finalist, but he needs to get in. Right. The man's too good to not be in the Hall of Fame. What about Clay Matthews, the one that's currently a free agent? Is he a Hall of Famer? Well, he's not as good as his dad. Right, but he was very good for a while. Yeah, I mean, those years of Green Bay when he won the Super Bowl and he had those good playoff years, I mean, he was good. I'd have to look up his stats. Play but... of the year? Once or twice? I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but it's an interesting discussion. I don't know. Maybe not because I... longevity. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Is A.J. Hawk a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, look, A.J. Hawk's a good linebacker, but but you have to be special. And Hawk's a good linebacker, no doubt. But like, you have to be a catalyst for winning Super right, Bowls. Like Ray Lewis. Oh yeah, like Lawrence. And, I, and I'm not saying like there's other linebackers that aren't like Lawrence Taylor and Ray Lewis, but you know, guys like Mike Singletary. You know, they were catalysts for winning Super Bowls. You know, um, even guys like I like I personally think Terrell Suggs is a Hall of Famer. Definitely. I think he his, I think he's better than Clay Matthews. Yeah. 
Jr. Yeah. Um, Erlacher. Yeah. Erlacher, same way. Impactful player. Um, and I just look at AJ Hawk, and he was good. I mean, he he's a good tackler, all that, but I don't think he was as impactful as some of these other guys. So, I mean, you could take the height one. You can disagree. I'm not. You, you yeah. can say what you want, but I just think, you know, that's just my opinion. But I love him. He won a national title with Ohio State. Won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl. So, yeah. And he married Brady Quinn's sister. Exactly. Man's got everything going. Now he's now he's pretty much a daily guest on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, the what guy. What more could you want? What more could you want out of life? So. Oh. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we're good. I think we're doing good. So, uh, as always, you can find our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more podcast sources. We'd like to thank all of you for tuning into today's episode. We will be watching divisional round playoffs, maybe not super wild card weekend, but it's still a great weekend of football. Four great matchups. I think some are better than others, but there's four great matchups. Our Browns are still in it. The fact that we're in the top quarter of the league shows how much better this team has gotten compared to two years ago. So very exciting times. No matter if, you know, if the Browns lose tomorrow, I'm not going to be that disappointed because they've already exceeded my expectations. So let's go into Kansas City. Let's give it everything we got. And uh, no shame in losing to the defending champs because they're they've won Super Bowls. No shame in that. So yep. let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can pull off the miracle. Let's keep writing this story. I'm going to play the Baltimore Ravens again. Man, I don't. We'll cross I that do. bridge when we get there. Man. You, know, you know why I want to play the Baltimore Ravens? That's because that means we've won a playoff game against the defending champs. If we can beat the Chiefs, we can beat the Ravens. So, but we'll see. We'll just let, we'll let those guys go out there and do their thing and I'll stick by them no matter what. So thank you all. Stay safe. Practice physical distancing. It's been a while since I've said that. Physical distancing. Um, Don't do anything stupid. And I'm not talking about just sports, but in life in general, like don't go to an inauguration and start doing stupid things, people. Let's be nice about it. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Go Browns. Go Cavs. Indians, whatever team they have left. We didn't even talk about the Indians. Well, there's not much to talk about right now. It's true. We should ask them about Lindor. But next time. Next time. That's right. There will be a next time. Hey, he might be official friend of the show now. I hope he is. He's a great guy. He's awesome. You gotta watch his show. I will. I you know, I will admit, you know, there's only with with being a college guy, there's only so much I can watch at a time, but I will try to watch his next show. He and the Pat McAfee show can be become my daily routine, or at least a weekly routine. So, is he a daily show or a weekly show? I think it's weekly. I think they do Mondays or something. Gotcha. Live I'll on check, Twitter. I'll have to check it out sometime. So. All right, people. Take care. Go Browns. Have a blessed day. <laughs>